It's another bright, sunny day in Oscar Bait Town. Wow. Good morning. There's the book man. There's the milkman. Folks, if you're listening, we've, we're back. We had some episodes that were really fun to do. I cut a lot out of them, and I was going to save parts of them and create a Frankenstein episode, but we are a podcast with integrity. <laughs> yes. And that's, everyone would agree with that. Mm-hmm. So I've, they are hiding on a hard drive, never to be heard until one day we release the demos and outtakes box set. The lost episodes. Yeah, 11 CDs. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't actually put them up. You can't stream it. You can only listen to it on compact disc. Yeah, yeah. We would like to help bring compact discs back, so. <laughs> wish I could share some of this guacamole with you. Oh, I wish you could do. <laughs> Dude, it's, I made a, when uh, someone was having a very stressful phone call yesterday, they were making guac the whole time. That's, you it really is amazing every time you reveal like all your varying different healthy coping mechanisms. I, I would definitely seem like the least mentally healthy of the two of us <laughs> if you look at the show, but in reality. <laughs> <laughs> now people can tell. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> There's someone who was asking on our Twitter about why I say ask why do I say that I'm a Chinese person sometimes? When <laughs> 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 it, it does it makes sense someone asked too because every time you say it, we laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> I mean, that's why. <laughs> You want to know why? That's why. We're just some. We still, even though we're, you know, we're we're, we're making big strides to really ramp this stuff up and give y'all more bang for your buck, all of that. But at the end of the day, still, this did start as a way for us both to not lose our minds, get some things out, and also just to see if we can make each other laugh. And that's one of the funniest ones. So. <laughs> because it it wouldn't be as fun if you said it. It's like. Okay, that's kind of funny. No, 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 it has to be. But me, it's like Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Someday, someday when the New York Times does a 17 page imprint profile on us with, you know, a photo shoot and stuff, then everyone will see why it's so funny that John says (laughs) Chinese boy. Hey everyone, come Tuesday to the music box. (laughs) You know, yeah, it'll be good. Um, It's the lost art of just a classic sight gag, but delivered to you guys through your ears. So it doesn't work, but pretty funny still. (laughs) With no thought put into saying it, no joke really, just. (laughs) And it just comes out of, I always forget about it, and then every once in a while you just pop it back out. (laughs) <laughs> Boy, we're really starting this one off uh, ready to sell some tickets, folks. So, yeah. listen, uh, <laughs> we're going to get to the goods here in a second, but we have uh, we have a, a business alert, and there's the business alert theme playing right now. 
Mm-hmm. And we have <laughs> bit you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like it's sad. Like it's not a good. Well, it doesn't have to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. We have on Tuesday the, uh, as of now, named highs and lows uh, coming back. And it rocks. We love it. Yep. You love it. We're back forever. You love it. Tell us if you love it. <laughs> we know we know that the those uh, very very sweet complimentary humans who still go to or do go to DePaul love it. So shout out again to them. They're the most supportive people on the planet. I love college. It's kind of amazing though. I wasn't that. I wasn't like that in college. Well, you went to a shitty school and I went to a shitty school. So yeah. I mean, DePaul's probably not the coolest school, but it's definitely producing some cool film students, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it should. It's, it costs a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, but yeah, come see us. We're kicking shit off with the Craft and Duel. Yeah. On the 20th, and then uh, on the 25th, we're going we're gonna, to uh, flip it around and watch the Jacques Rivet first and then the andrew fleming second um that's the one i'm gonna hopefully sit down for both for because i haven't done it in that order yet and i really think it'll be interesting for on sunday on the whatever the 25th is okay i guess that's sunday yeah yeah um a week from tomorrow but this will probably come out tomorrow so today today is sunday and <laughs> the day Monday. it could be Monday too. I'm not, I'm it's gotta, we gotta be good. It's okay, be good. it's Sunday. Today <laughs> is Sunday. Yeah, it's coming out on Sunday. You're, you're all you've just got out of church. Man, that sermon was fucking a long-winded one. What a blowhard. We're here to soothe your ears with the balm of Oscar bait. Yes. And highs and lows. And what yeah. better way than to climb in to two movies that may or may not be about witches? Well, here, let's. I thought it might be fun to do a little inside baseball. Yeah. Oh, ooh. Okay. Well, we, so the, the, this one, uh, John here made this, made this screening happen. Um, in a pinch. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but that's, a, it's one of your biggest strengths, I would say is that when something has to get done, you're very good at making something actually good happen instead of just making something happen to happen. So we had batted around a text back and forth because I love the craft too much. (laughs) And, you know, um, so I texted John. Who knows? Timelines don't matter. Yeah. At some point, I'd been like, dude, we got it. We got to do the craft. And then at my initial one, I was like, let's do the craft in our debt. And correctly so, John was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I, but I do think the craft could be good. I think the craft is the right call. I don't know if our debt is what goes with it. And I kept telling John to just try it. And he never did, which is good. Uh-huh. Which is good. I know our debt well enough that I am. No, I know. Yeah. No, it's, I, I agree. It's, it's As I incredible. told you, Day of Wrath made more sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and it's good. We talk drier now because that'll come up more. 
Yeah. Yeah. As we get into this. But but anyway, yeah. So thankfully, John uh, resisted (laughs) that foolish idea. And then we just kind of put it to bed. And then our original kickoff double feature can't happen for a while for different reasons. But baby, when it happens. Oh, when it happens, we might, the world might end and it'll be the greatest, greatest blaze of glory ever. We are not like juicing that. We no. have pitched this to, there are some lucky people who know what this is and they have all like bugged at their eyes, bugging out like Lori Lightfoot and like, <laughs> going full chameleons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it'll be cool and it will happen. Yeah, it will happen, but, but it couldn't we, happen now. And that happened. Maybe legally we can't talk about it yet. Yeah, we probably shouldn't. It's not. But we will say, I'll even just say as a hint, you can beep this if you want, but I I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are really big fans of uh, the band Weedis, which <laughs> after their brief moment of fame because of that song from Loser, um, the the record label that they were on, things did not go with, well with them. They got in a fight and uh, their second album <laughs> was... Uh, Famous called what are we talking about right their second album was called Suck Phony <laughs> because they were That's so bad. mad about I'm mad about how things have gone down with a certain record label. That's all the only hint we'll give you. Oh, I see. That was a <laughs> long-winded uh hint there, but folks, that keeps the hint even more secretive. Will smart move. I shouldn't okay, it's rare that anything I do is smart, but thank you. Shouldn't have put you down for that. I'm trying not to break. Okay, <laughs> folks, I'm trying not to break Will down anymore. I told him I was going to be meaner to him this season, but good. I'm here for it. I know, but we're trying to lift each other up. Uh, if Will and I have discovered we can lift each other up in hard circumstances, <laughs> so we're we're trying to support each other and bring love and tell less offensive jokes. <laughs> yeah, we're doing. Look at everybody. We're doing good. But, you know, so anyway, after uh, all that, um, in a pinch, we needed to figure out how to open this thing. And it was instantaneous as far as my memory is. When I (laughs) said to John, fuck, we can't do the uh, suck phony screen (laughs) right now. Those are rough days. And you, yeah, very quickly you fired back. You were like, oh, craft and duel. How about that? And I was like, fuck. Okay, shit. Yeah. No, it had never crossed my mind, but here we are. So do you wanna you wanna tell us about <laughs> this pairing? Uh listeners at home, Will's back. Yeah, <laughs> as Corey, as Corey alluded to in the opening of the first uh, you know, uh, nutritional episode of Oscar Bait. <laughs> it truly <laughs> feels like we haven't sober. It feels like we haven't done this in a while. It feels like that was a long, with what's been going on, that feels like ages ago. It honestly feels like we took a year off and we both like went to different corners of the globe and we're like, we'll see if we can make this work. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Yeah, I guess this proves that we're really on a good track right now. We've been doing good work. Well, okay, we've been doing work and we've been... (laughs) We'll see if it's good. Remains to be seen. Yeah. Anyway, yes. So, uh, craft. Uh, well, um, what are we talking about first? Well, let's just talk about 
obviously the uh, more exciting filmmaker of the two, uh, Andrew Fleming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, the great <laughs> filmmaker behind works like um, uh, Nancy Drew, um, yeah. the In-Laws remake, which everyone oh, shit. did. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, whoever they put in the, I forget who's in the In-Laws remake, but you're definitely never going to find I mean, you're for sure going to find actors that are better than uh, Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. Um, so, actually, yeah, I, now, that, easy. now that I'm saying that, it might be Albert Brooks. Shit. Is it? I don't remember. Can we look this up real quick? Yeah, here, I got you. I was just, I was about to rewatch The In-Laws the other day. It just popped into my head. A good movie. Oh, I might even stretch it to great. Okay. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is Albert Brooks and Michael Douglas. Oh, okay. So you get one good we've one. Got, we've got director loyalty, you know, who's also in it. Who? Robin Tooney. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. Wow. We're bringing this right back around here. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> okay. Who else is in here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a real Candace Bergen. Yeah. Maybe, are we wrong about the in-laws remake? Folks, please let us know if the if we are just stupid fools. <laughs> uh, so obsessed with canonical actors that we... If we, are, if we are embracing gatekeeping as we pretend to tear it down with such an audacious series as Highs and Lows, let us know. <laughs> yeah, because I just kind of insulted... Uh, the king Albert Brooks, though. I love that that's truly <laughs> that's literally what if you guys could see our faces, that's what got us both because we both forgot he was in it and we both immediately felt bad about laughing about that. It even, even if it is bad, we both were like, Well, oh, but if Albert Brooks is in it, <laughs> we shouldn't. Yeah, can't be that bad. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow, okay, so yeah, so we're talking the guy who gave us the in laws, Nancy Drew. Hamlet 2. Okay, those are all jokes. He did give us, after the craft, uh, I think a very funny movie, uh, Dick. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's, that's a real good movie. Don't isolate that. <laughs> you heard it here first. Andrew Fleming gave us Dick. <laughs> yes, you all love it. Uh, but no, uh, that, that, one, that one I think you can tell what he's actually interested in both of these movies and like what gets him excited, you know, cause he's, those are, those are good movies. He has a movie also called threesome with Laura Flynn Boyle and Stephen Baldwin. Oh, that's him. Yeah. I've heard of this movie. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh my God. I've seen that movie, <laughs> but I'm honestly, I'm pretty thrown off now with the, uh, I'm, I'm a little uh, off kilter with the in-laws news and us forgetting that Albert Brooks was in it. So I will reserve what my gut said when you brought up the title of that movie and I'm going to have to revisit. Whoa. He's got a slasher film from 88 called. Wait, you haven't seen bad dreams. Wow. Look who's. Oh dude. That movie's cool as hell. That movie is cool as hell. Well, I'm going to, it's a Gail Ann Hurd production. Oh, this sounds kind of sick. Jennifer Rubin. Oh, it is. No, you'll, you'll like this one. All right. It was like in the onslaught of when 
when Scream Factory really came out the gate and were just like pumping endless shit out for a while, they threw that one out on a double feature with something. I forget, but yeah, it's good. Okay, I'm all right. I need to quit reading about this movie, Bad Dreams. Uh, <laughs> this is our Andrew Fleming episode. No, you do. You'll dig it. It's okay, all right, that'll be that'll be tonight because I am taking it easy this evening. I am not going to be at Riot Fest this evening, folks. Sorry. Oh, is that happening? Oh, yeah. Uh, you should see my, I mean, you could pop your head out my window and look at my sidewalk right now. Oof. A lot of people in Obey t-shirts. <laughs> it's really, it's fucking sucks. I hate these people. <laughs> like, Lala people annoy me. I, I hate these people. A lot of people are mostly just fucking ripped now in the world, and I can support that. Right. That's fine. Right. These, yeah, these people genuinely think they're smart. They're <laughs> so, like, I'm going to see Yellow Card again. Yellow Card is still... Holy shit. I would imagine Yellow Card's there. I know everyone's excited about My Chemical Romance, which... And they're there too? All right. Yeah. You can this do a lot worse with those bands, but... Well, but this kind of shit, I really, I truly will never understand. Cause I'm not, I'm just not the kind of person, if I missed a band when they were like doing it cause they loved it and we're still into it, I won't go. Like, even if I had free tickets, I don't want to watch them in a tragic state because they fucked up their taxes, like have to get back on the road in their forties and like pretend and you know and entertain the 30 year olds who were listening to them when they came out because they have to get money that is very sad <laughs> i'll just keep it yeah. i will keep it where it is like the i can't why would i don't understand why people want to do that it's just really depressing <laughs> i mean that's where i really want to see those like like you know those evolution charts of man from ape like but i want to see a kid in middle school who before he got into this music you know he had like he had like um the hollister shirt he had the fossil watch <laughs> hitting it with the naka yeah we're in, we're in a nautica cologne exactly yeah exactly <laughs> and then suddenly all your friends are skateboarding and then you're like oh blink 182 is cool who's this band called mest what's the dilio and then, wow bringing that back i know these are all really like lodged holy like, shit bad gut in my head yeah i still know how to play that bass line <laughs> i think a lot of kids learned uh <laughs> not kidding holy shit wow um, sorry keep going you have to cut that song in at this point you I have Yeah. Well, my genuine thought was of this man uh, going going into middle school, going through an entire life, having kids, and then like I have to go get in the pit for thrice. Yes. I have to be in the pit. I haven't. I have not moved past something for like eighth grade. Yeah. I don't. I truly don't get it. And to me, it is not the same at all as periodically being like holy shit i want to throw that stuff back on it popped back into my head you know like that makes sense to me yeah but i will never understand it's like people who still like hair metal. yeah but who want to go see it live 
Yeah, but it's like that's for kids. It was made for kids. And also, I'm not going to get into my theory of why pop punk might have been created by the elite <laughs> to uh, be pedophiles. But another oh, time, man. let's another do that. Another time, another place. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to have one offshoot episode uh, that is technically not Oscar bait because they're just going to fully music. No, we can make that work with soundtracks. Yeah, work. we're gonna we're gonna do a the pedophiles of pop punk episode i i mean i i believe that in my bones i have no proof of it but i i mean you have, uh, you that have some uh, inklings here there and everywhere that can be leaned upon so yeah hmm. yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah well if you all want to hear one of my conspiracy theories stay tuned because we're going to be doing a retrospective on a certain filmmaker and what are we should we tell them the title okay i'm not saying anything else other than the title yeah. actually no i'm gonna beep that because <laughs> okay. now they know and they're never gonna know <laughs> never gonna until know until it's released until um, it's out but we're gonna finally bridge the gap between what the term oscar bait means and what an actual filmmaker. This is the perfect intersection of yep. Your the the one thing I think we should shoehorn in at the beginning of that series is I am going to save what I've been annoying John with. I've been sending him text message pictures of a constant zoom of a drawing of one Chris Kyle, um, because for the people who've foolishly been here since the beginning, you might remember when we had Justin on Liberty on and we talked about American Sniper. He was happy yeah. to talk about American Sniper. He, he was, was so stoked. His favorite. You can tell he really liked that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's really pushing for the for uh, the Clint partner label. <laughs> but because of what you just said, I want to talk about American Sniper at the top of that, which you can beep again, because I think it will, in a very productive way, lead into a lot of things we'll talk about. Yep, and you'll you'll even you'll even be happy. Okay. Well, stay tuned, folks, if you want to hear. Stay that. tuned if you're excited about more American Cyber Talk. <laughs> Listen, get on it now because, as you know, things move fast in this world. Things that weren't cool, things that were wrong, become very good. <laughs> Yeah, American Sniper is going to be the it movie. There's going to be American Sniper fever coming back. Like, dress, like, go to see, like, uh, Midsummer with, like, the, the flower hats and stuff. Yeah, what's they're the gonna, equivalent? What they're going to be, do? they're going to have Punisher tees and uh, <laughs> they're going to hit their family dog. <laughs> It's it's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to sniper fever really taking over. <laughs> and yet again, another thing started by us. That's right. Yeah, look look out. Okay. We'll get to all those. So what were we talking about? Victor Fleming's the the craft? <laughs> we're talking about Victor Fleming's the craft. <laughs> He's he retired after Wizard of Oz when he got fired off of that set yet again. Victor Fleming's back. He went into the forever young thing that Bell Gibson went in <laughs> and he froze himself. Uh, so yeah, the craft is about well, whatever, you know what it's about. I'm not going to say that, but some of you probably saw it at the, when we showed it in the 24 hour marathon a couple of years back. Right. 
This is a learning opportunity for all of you to become your own heckin' witch on yep. the on the inside. We don't want to mm-hmm. see any black magic at this screening. Not while the movie's going. Okay. No okay. spell casting. No uh, 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 <laughs> cauldron potion making. Hecking. <laughs> None of that. Just uh, come enjoy pre-scream Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich, which is pretty cool that a couple yeah. months later they would be in Scream together. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, this, you know, this movie, this is a cool-ass movie. I think it's a lot better than it has any right being, I would say. You can tell mm-hmm. us if Skeet's character is more chill in the craft or in Scream. That's now, a bad spark a debate there. Yep. Skeet, skeet, indeed. I'm not going to make the joke I made with Al and you for the show. That was just for the homies. But So, yeah, that's going to be in 35 millimeter, right? Yep. Crafts is 35. That's what Music Box posted a picture of that print the other day. That's right. Yes. Thank you, uh, Rebecca. Beautiful three, five millimeters. Um, Yeah. yeah, You know. It's gonna be fun. What's the other one that is not thirty-five millimeter? The other one, hmm. and we tried, folks. This is why we put it in the trailer. Yeah, Ooh. again, we'll just we. I mean, things move fast sometimes, and we did not have enough time to get a print from France over here of Jacques Rivette's duel, unfortunately. Um, so duel will be DCP, but. We can almost without fail promise you that won't happen again. Yeah. Because um, we're planning ahead. We're getting good. We're getting better at this. Yeah. We're planning further and further in advance so that we uh, have time to get the prints here and have time to convince um, our buddy at the music box that it's worth paying for. <laughs> when, we, when we fly in prints of things like we did for Graduate First last time. Yeah. You think this <laughs> job's all about picking and grabbing. Well, it's not. No. It involves a lot of stress and a lot of a lot of emailing. Nitty gritty. Yes, yeah. but we get to celebrate another downed French king, which I guess let's just take a moment. Salute, salute to a bad boy. Yep, uh, and we'll salute them both. But you obviously know what we're talking about. One Jean-Luc Godard, and I'm not going to make a joke because uh, I respect that motherfucker so much, and we have a shitty fucking world that we live in, and there are very few people in this world that try to give us something to make it better. And Well, anyway, you know, we'll we'll do... We'll do a time. We'll get into some stuff for real, but you know. For good dog, yeah. We got we time. Love our, we love our dude. Um, so another another dead French king, Jacques Rivette, did not get enough love um, of his untimely death. Another sort of sad circumstances surrounding their death, but we're not going to go into that. So, But Jacques Rivette, um, I do think in many ways, other than the uh, duration of his movies, it's got to be an easier sell than some Godard to uh, an uninitiated audience. 
especially in this climate right now? I think it depends. It depends. Well, there's like some Godard because it technically moves faster. Mm. Is an easier sell. But you can tell what's going but, on with something like Celine Julie. As oh, yeah. To, I mean, like, I would kind I was of break down the plot like, of every man for himself. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I, I mean, I agree with you. But I was reading um, one of Rosenbaum's, like, I think it was like his first, what he now labels as like his first reaction to Duel or whatever. Um, a, a big proponent of getting Jacques Rivet back in the mainstream. And yeah. Mm-hmm. His, his stuff has been impossible to find on home video. Was, until it was until Arrow did that big ass box set in what, like 2015 or so, 16 maybe. So when I was in LA, I don't remember, but yeah. yep, they did that big ass box set, um, and that was huge. That was a huge, huge moment. And I remember we got to show like getting to show out one in a theater. You know, it was it was a big fucking deal. Um, but I think I feel like some people get tripped up because of the reputation of Rivette before they can even watch the movie. Because to me, people went to a video store and just even saw, right, the 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 Tumblr crack images of Duel or Noir or, I mean, really any of them. Visually, it's a very easy sell. So I think if people saw those images and were like, what the fuck is this? Sure, I'm down for some subtitles tonight and popped it in. They wouldn't be that confused. But his reputation is that of this, like, you know, just seeped in, seeped in like Balzac and then out the gate, if you don't know who that is, people are like, oh, well, okay. And so that makes people feel weird. And then someone's like, oh, he's just, you know, cocktail light or whatever. And you're like, oh, I don't know that. Or I do know that, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like it, I feel like the way he was talked about for most people, except for Rosenbaum, who confronts that directly in that article. And it's really good. Um, But the way he was talked about limited how actually like accessible yeah. it really is because duel is not really that confusing of a movie it's dense but it's dense it's and definitely happen. and here's a thing i'd like to draw a comparison i think a great way to a keyhole into someone uh, appreciating rebet i think lynch is probably a big big fan Oh, for sure. Like a gigantic fan. Yeah. Um, So, like, when you. I mean, Duel is like every. His fingerprints are all over Mohan Drive. Oh, for sure. And like, Story of Marie and Julian, which was supposed to be part of a trilogy along with Duel and Noro, but um, it didn't end up getting made till later. But what's cool about Duel, too, is it like, it's it's kind of a placeholder in the Rivette filmography because it's when he starts. Uh, collaborating with uh, William Lubchansky. So his movies, who also worked with late Godard, uh, his movies definitely are less, or they're more tethered to the tripod a little bit more. There's an elegance. Because even yeah. Julie has a little more of a, like kind of what we, one would say, like a French new wavy. Yeah, it still has that energy. Yep. Right? Um, and those movies are great too. Le Morpho, um, none, oh, none rips. Yeah, none, 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 none. Speaking of Godard, you know, and his uh, his longtime partner, watch the nun. Oh, totally. His documentary on Jean Renoir is, oh. is amazing because you can see right there the genesis of everything he would do because he's like learning from Renoir and uh, is it Jean Gabin? Who's the actor? Yeah. 
Yep. No, it's the other guy. It's the one that plays the fucking uh, plays the tr- uh, Boudou say from Drowning. Yeah, that's Chung Bean, is it? Isn't uh, it? Oh wait, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. You're right. Chung Bean's too hot to be. Will Will be. Michelle Simon. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Sorry to Jean and Michelle on that one. We both failed. If your names were less French, we could remember. <laughs> that's true. Also, if you've never seen that one, good God. Good oh, yeah. God. And I think a lot of people in film school have probably heard of stuff like Celine and Julie. I mean, how could yeah. you not? It's now on Criterion. It's very easy to see. Um, it's a good, I mean, yeah, that's a good gateway. But it's long. This is where he takes off. What? In my opinion, this is where he takes off in his career. I, this is where I think he really finds um, the secret. Because... This guy is one mysterious filmmaker. His movies do feel like they come from the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you could just read his, uh, you could just read when he read for Cahiers de Cinema, an article he wrote about Fritz Long's Beyond Reasonable Doubt, very infamous article called The Hand. It's one of the most oblique, dense pieces. But he does talk about what he eventually tries to create, which is this, otherworldly cinema the cinema not tethered to reality and so i would i he, he does achieve that and you shouldn't be put off by length i mean duel's not very that's one of his shorter movies why we're none of them are that extreme as yeah, we make jokes about and, all yeah. the time yeah. we're not we're not to satan tango territory or wang being territory here yet we will i would love to do a super long movie club and uh-huh. talk about some of those movies, but we're not doing that yet. So don't, you know, out one is a, is a whole different kind of beast here. Um, well, I, I will even acquiesce, and I never do this. Like, cause I, when we showed it last, I got to show it in the theater. I was furious that we didn't get to do one screening unbroken. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's furious. You can't I really like, do it. I, can, I understand episodic, and they break it up that way, like with the prints. And with the DCPs, and it happened that way also at the gate. So I was like, sure, but give me one 13 hour unbroken 35 millimeter screening about one. It breaks the spell if you, if you, uh, and I, and I really mean that. Like there's a spell it that does. That yeah, exactly. Completely That's, agree. Like yeah, if the, I say that about too many filmmakers, and again, I'll admit this. I, because I, I, I'm, I get so intense about movies in my, my own personal viewing that I, I'm that way about anything that I watch, even though I know most things don't cast a spell or even try to. Right. But truly revet movies, when if you if you start to dig into them or explore them, really do your damnedest to not go to the bathroom and turn your phone off and all of that, because the 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 key to it all, I think, the key to the magic really is just letting yourself go to that world that they've all created together patience just yeah you know there's another good one maybe we'll do la ponte nor one day but oh please um you know they all they all are very similar so you can feel like they're definitely one of you know their own i mean like love on the ground that's almost four hours but that's kind of a reworking of celine and julie in many ways i i I love that movie he's got a musical that's amazing a semi-musical called up down fragile <laughs> I love that movie i'd I love to be merry-go-round 
Oh, Merry Go Round's great because that one feels almost like a Euro horror movie, but it's not yeah, that at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say also uh, Up Down Fragile, a good pairing I've always wanted to do would be because uh, I, I know he likes talking about those like um, like the, the cheap MGM musicals, like yes. the B musicals. Um, like shit like I Love Melvin and uh, which I think might have influenced him with the roller skates and Celine and Julie but I, I've i always wanted to pair that with the um, the very neglected Stanley Donan's um, well not he's not neglected but this movie is uh, Give a Girl a Break oh fuck you that's good wouldn't yeah. that be sick yeah yeah very good don't anybody take that because we have this episode is on iTunes and Spotify and we, I will find the timestamp. And if you do that, you can expect a lawsuit. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, do, I also wanted to just say with Rivette stuff, again, the, the way it's been presented and talked about, I think scares a lot of people off. And the way someone presented it to me when I was getting into it, um, uh, and it was actually uh, Paris, which makes sense, but Paris was my first one from a VHS tape. Um, Okay. Well, because I was really, I was just like slamming through as much French New Wave as I could. And I told someone that, you know, the question, of course, that when you're confronted with a... (laughs) another film person in your early college years they were like so so like we is left bank better or, and i was like i don't know they're really different but left bank is definitely seems to be my favorite so far i don't know like that, that I've, I've been i've been most excited about those i guess i don't know and they're like you have to watch this one <laughs> here's someone having those discussions out there Stop it. Stop doing that. Just enjoy movies and have conversations about them. Get on the ask what you're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, what I was gonna say. Yeah. The way this person talked to me about it, because I told them I'd read because I had the, I had a I had a couple French New Wave books, right? Um yeah. and I was pouring through them and all this stuff and Rivette again because he's talked about was so intimidating. I was like, I'm so fucking stupid. There's no way. Just don't, I just hate that Rivette gets left behind so often because people pretend it's like the most dense, impossible to access text that has ever existed. (laughs) I think Claire Denis said that uh, his movie, uh, viewing out one to her was um, the equivalent of an acid trip. Mm -hmm. Also check out her short documentary on him. It's amazing. With Claire Denis? Oh yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Beautiful. Rivette the Night Watchman. It's out there. I think it's probably on YouTube. Uh, They go around from locations shot from like uh, Le Pont Nord out one. And they just sit on a balcony a lot. And it's fucking sick. The conversations that come up are amazing. Yeah. It's it's the two former at once former editors of Cahiers de Cinema walking around. Yeah. Um, And it's Claire Denis. So. Yeah. Who stopped in her tracks? Her career out the gate right because she made chocolate and like it went well and then she stopped and made um what's the fucking the band the one about the band that she knew from living in africa what's it called no fear no die yeah no fear no die so yeah. she makes she makes chocolate and like could have 
very quickly blown up. And instead she's like, I told this band to let me know if they were coming to France. So I got a tour with them. So she did that. And it's also fucking amazing. And then if I'm correct in my timeline, I could be wrong, but if I'm correct in my timeline, then immediately after she's like, ah, shit. I also have to do this thing with, with Rivette. I just have to. So she like stops. It's just amazing that she like had a, you know, quote unquote hit. And then it was like, I got to talk to Rivette before it's I almost, continue on with Bo Trevi, So <laughs> It's almost as amazing as her stopping her career now with both sides of the blade. I still haven't watched. Uh, I am a, finally be my I am a lifelong devotee of Claire. I know, because we're the same. I, We've never not liked anything. Right? High Life, I, oh, I love, high life. I love oh. it. I, I Sometimes I think about it. I'm like, did I love it as much as I thought I did? But maybe I'm wrong. We've However, talked about it, though. It's hard to separate because I like to be punished sexually and you don't. And that, I think, is a big psychologically. Play. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, we our main diagram uh, still yeah. says John and Will in the middle. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Um, <laughs> I saw I'll, I'll report back on our, on our beep, beep, beep. Now I'm going to have to listen to all this, Will, and I'm going to have to beat. Oh, sorry. I'll stop saying it. That's, that's we can't say it anymore. We can't say yeah. it anymore because this is probably going to be two episodes now. So I'm going to have to get in there. All right. Um, um, is but, there anything? Yeah, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I don't want to, you know, shit talk Claire. She rocks. She had a misstep. I do think, though, it's cool to think about drugs with Rivette because, like, I know weed's hard to get and acid's hard to get in France at that time. He loved potentially. I, I from I don't think I've told you this story. Do have I told you the story about him? Oh. Okay, I heard this from on good authority from a film critic who would know. Maybe we've mentioned him already. I not <laughs> mentioned his name. He um, was telling me a story about Rivette um, in the '80s at the Cinematheque Francaise. They were doing an Akira Kurosawa retrospective, and mm-hmm. A long time, one of you long time uh, 50s Kaye du Cinema readers uh, would <laughs> probably remember that the the Young Turks were not super kind to Akira Kurosawa. They were much kinder to Yasujiro Zu, Kenji yep. Mitsuguchi, but they kind of saw him as this westernized thing, which is weird because they love John Ford. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, well, as always, it didn't all stack up, but that's why we love it. Right. I mean, they were, they didn't get Bava. I mean, there was a lot of like things. No one can be right all the time. So, um, so this is Akira Kurosawa retrospectives going on. And apparently, um, Rivette just, you know, having a little Parisian blizzard in his nose, uh, (laughs) decided to take that high and run up on stage and start bowing to Kurosawa and saying, we fucked up. We are sorry. We screwed up. We're sorry. That is there. I assume there's no footage or images of that, right? I don't think so. Um, wow. I, believe, I This person would know if this took place. So Holy yeah, that's, re- that's real shit. That's pretty cool though. Also, like, honestly, you're doing really, you're just, you're just fucking killing it at life. If what you do when you've done too much cocaine 
is apologize and bow to Agra Kurosawa for <laughs> mistakenly lambasting his work. That's, you know what? I think that, that if, if you need more of an ad to watch Rivette things, that's what Rivette does when he's on Coke. That's right. And I know what all of you do when you're on Coke. I know. And if you liked that, uh, that story, am I attaching it to Akira Kurosawa's high and low? Uh, I might still have a t-shirt left that um, was for something called highs and lows mm. and has an image cold from high and low. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I might sell it to, but I might do something cool with it because we've had people asking. Yep. It's a double XL. So for the, the big boy in your family or big girl, <laughs> we have, yeah, thanks. You know, John, uh, middle name inclusive. <laughs> I'm working on things. <laughs> You're doing great, buddy. You're doing great. Thank you. But yeah, anyway. So, um, yes, that, yeah, Rivette's, I mean, I, what else do we need to say? I think that we've... Uh, Can I do one snide thing? Okay. I just want to do one uh, opposite of shout out to uh, one filmmaker that I loved so much in college that I once did a three-hour presentation on their their movies, but who, not that in retrospect they deserved that either, but uh, who then made a movie called Birdman. In Birdman, there's a really fucking shitty, lazy device used. Um, Well, first, he uses the exact credits copy sequence from Godard's uh, Pierre Lefaux. Even like outside of quality, those movies ha- are unrelated on every level. I hate that. You can't even make a spiritual connection. The Sin of Pierrot being the opening credits, which was enough. But what he also does is the, a terrible, not even misuse, because there's no use to it, because he doesn't have any real thoughts. He uses a, dr- a drummer throughout the movie to periodically show up um, and supposedly provide a score of some sorts and have some purpose for being seen or not seen throughout the action, but there is none. I just wanted to bring up that uh, another reason why that movie hurts so bad is because not only does he bring up Piero and fail, he brings up Duel and fails. Yeah. Because in Duel, um, fucking uh, Jean Wiener is playing piano, um, literally on screen sometimes, off sometimes, but always literally on set while they yep. were filming. Exactly. And it is, it, it truly to me is the, the glue the glue that really makes everything come together in this film. And it's absolutely incredible. So, you know, just shout out to Birdman for misunderstanding everything it supposedly enjoys. In Duel, it's used to really, really beautiful effect. Well, on uh, that note, John, why are they, why do you even just want to be quick? Why, why did your gut tell you immediately when we had to, in a pinch, put these two together? Well, we ran into the aforementioned uh, craft or debt a dilemma. You can call it a debacle. A debacle. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe we should just do duel and craft. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I, there are like things that hold it together. But to me, this is almost an excuse to indulge in some fun 90s nostalgia and just show a Rivette movie. I just couldn't get out of my mind uh, Buell Auguerre and Juliette Berto going at each other. And immediately it just 
I, I probably because we were talking about that, I thought of Farusa Polk and uh, Robin Tooney. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess they do have a climactic battle. Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> I would say this is our Tumblr pick. This is our. Uh, okay. I mean, I think, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit, though, too. I know. I do really think there is, there is, because when I did it, so you said it, and I, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, you were there. I said yes immediately because obviously that was the right choice. But when I did it finally, um, I was pre- I was pretty shocked. And I'm not going to go into it too much because I oh, think people there. will be too. But it, I really and like okay, I'll even just highlight some of the surface stuff because I think the the things that like my guts felt were so special and I didn't expect. I'd rather just leave that even to the people who are yeah, listening. And I don't want to ruin the movie. Yeah. So the, the, the yeah. surface, yeah. truly on a surface level, right? Like at the core of the craft to me, what is happening is these, these young women are just trying to fucking survive high school until they can get out, right? That's what high school is, right? It's yeah. just, this, it's a brutal, <laughs> it's a brutal death game that you just hope you make it out alive, whether literally or mentally or spiritually, right? Like that's, yeah, that's the high school experience. You're just fucking to try and make it out alive and in any way that you can. And we meet these four women who are coming at that in very different directions and find some sort of symmetry between each other to in theory, do that together. But because it's high school, You can't do really anything together, you know, like everyone who's been in high school or who's been in relationships in your 30s that sometimes feel like high school. It's hard to keep things going. Yeah. Um, Because personalities are so big and feelings run so hot and all that shit. But so, yeah, you have this you have this group of women just trying to to make it out alive. And then on the flip side with Duel, you have. A lot of characters, yes. But if we're going to, even if we're just going to lean into how the movie's presented most times, which I think is probably the way to go for people who haven't seen it. The way the movie's presented most of the times, this is about two women, different goddesses, who are only allowed to stay on Earth for a certain amount of time. It's like two months or something. Oh, it's not even that. 40 days, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're like... uh, Yeah, it doesn't matter. To, they're only allowed to stay on Earth for a certain amount of time unless they find this diamond <laughs> uh, that would, you know, allow them to continue to live and to stay on Earth. And so watching these two movies back to back where it was about people desperately trying to get out and make it out alive and people desperately trying to stay in and stay in alive yeah. <laughs> was very, like, like really, really affecting. <laughs> like, you, I mean, I don't, you know, I guess this is a, I'm, I'm being a little bit, uh, a little bit much here, but I no, just, no, 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 no. I, I do thank think you for that's... doing that. I never would have watched these movies together. Well, it's like the shit. It's when, it's when we text back and forth furiously about these ideas, the way I think about it in my mind when I try to visualize it, like when my sweet mom is like, how do you guys come up with this stuff? Oh, your mom is so sweet. The sweetest, the sweetest. And your sister. I want them to come back. My whole family. I'm. I mean, I was I was raised by, you know, essentially like three incredible women and one very femme dude who cried a lot. <laughs> was it a small town? No. No. You didn't you weren't raised in a small town? No. I actually grew up in Hong Kong. 
<laughs> You're not the Asian one. I am the Asian one. You can't vote. All right. All right. Fine. All right. Fine. I'll give it to you. And I'm Beijing. It was Montreal. It was Montreal. Hong Kong. Hong Kong boo. Beijing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Oh. But yeah, when my mom asked about this, it finally hit me the other day. And that's actually what led to being able to verbalize this about this double feature. Mm. She asked how we did it. And I was like, it sounds so silly, but you know, when you're a kid and it's so exciting when someone shows you, when someone gives you two magnets and what it feels like when you try to force them together. Like Corey and our penis. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's why it's in my head. Okay. You're thinking of my penis. There we go. go. Just like penises. We're always thinking about Corey's penis over here. I am curious. I'm not going to lie. Corey, show us your penis. (laughs) <laughs> well, on that note, I'm surprised I, I haven't this, seen it at this point. Honestly, it is really. What, I think you had, and you could give me the scoop. Yeah, we've kissed, Corey. Yeah, party saw us do that. I have yeah. photographic evidence of that. All right, Corey, come back to highs and lows. Yeah, and he's coming cool. back. You're getting oh, kicked off the show sooner than later, and we're replacing you with. Well, Corey. duh. <laughs> Corey had some really good jokes while you were gone, too, by the way. Well, Corey's a smart person. That's what... <laughs> I mean, Corey is smarter than both of us. Um, well, I mean, it's a pretty clear, like, to, right? There's, like, Corey, and then it's not an extreme jump down to you, but then there's a pretty solid gulf <laughs> before we get down here where, you know, I'm watching L.A. AIDS jabber again or something. <laughs> Okay, well, that's better than when I thought the other day that, was I wrong about Steven Summers? (laughs) Could The Mummy and The Mummy Returns and Van Helsing be good? Uh, No, but that... The Mummy is a blast, but it is not good. We're saving this because that birthed an idea for Halloween time. Okay, so also one more idea just to even say it here so we have it. Okay. (laughs) After we do the thing I won't say so you don't have to find it and beep it again. After we do that and after we do the other thing that will be Patreon related that goes forever, a filmmaker focus we should have. um, I'll beep it. Yeah, I think we should do it. It'll just be called... And so we've been circling the drain for so long doing that. We make that joke all the time. Yeah. We will and we that. both and we both still have I've got three left to see to finish everything, but I know we both still have a couple that we haven't seen. So it'll be fun. We're gonna try to do more filmmaker focused things because we had you I guess you all liked when we're genuine. <laughs> yeah, we, so we're gonna do it. It's kind of weird. Why would you want two people to give you their honest opinions? Um, no, that's on that's on you guys. So, all right, isn't it much better when I'm saying I'm Chinese and making fun of people? <laughs> well, I think we got two shows, so now we're probably ending the first one. And see you, see you on a couple days. See you on Tuesday.
the deal, deal. What's the deal, 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 deal,